Wake up, it's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning, good morning, good morning, beautiful people. How are you guys doing today? I hope you are doing well. Welcome to Morning Motivation. It is September 27th, 2022. Woo, child, time is flying. Um, if you are new, welcome. Morning Motivation is all about just connecting with God, fellowshipping through the internet with like-minded people, and just to get your daily dose of motivation. So I hope that you guys are well. I hope that you guys are filled with blessings. I've been starting a new morning routine. Well, not a new one. I've been picking up back up my morning routine, and it has been really, really helpful. So I hope you guys have a good, solid morning routine. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of yours, and I hope that you guys are well. Today we will continue. We're almost done with A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Uh, today we were going to be reading from chapter 36, Made for a Mission. And I have some other things to uh, discuss too along the way because I did a little Bible study this morning. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. So I hope you guys are ready. Go ahead and load up the comments. If this is your first time watching, let me know in the live chat where you are watching from. Thank you guys. I see everyone and I'll do your shout outs. But before we get into it, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up again for another day. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship through the internet. I pray for anybody who is seeking purpose, and I know I pray for that every single day, but anybody that is seeking purpose that does not know their purpose, that does not know their mission, does not know their ministry or why they are here for your glory, then please you would download that message, that inkling that direction into their lives and give them full discernment over their lives. Lord, I pray that any negative thoughts, any negative or harm that comes on anyone listening now and later that are rebuked in the name of Jesus and that they know that there is power in Jesus name and that they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I pray just for abundance, peace, blessing, strength, opportunity, um, just, ooh, chap abundance, opportunity, anything that they need now and forever in your darling son, Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. I was about to go. I was about to go to a different place. Y'all as I had to ooh, ooh, stop for a second, but I hope you guys are well. And I want to say before we get into the, 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 uh, shout outs, you guys do not let society or people take away the word strength from you. I understand that there is a narrative that a lot of us are trying to get out of, especially black women. I understand that our, we're just tired of being the strong friend or the strong one. But I, I had a revelation yesterday, and this is just me personally. I believe we were built for something greater to come. Um, I believe that the strength is being downloaded in women for a purpose. So I understand that we may be tired um, and you're generationally tired because we hold the baggage of generations, but don't let society make you feel bad for being strong. But just like any weapon, you have to know how to use it, right? And know when to use it. So we need strength for what we do. You need strength to be a Christian. You need, a str you need strength to stand up for yourself. You need strength to stand against the enemy. You need strength to cast out demons. You need strength to to operate in this world and not get sucked in to the devil's traps and things like that. So don't let people tell you that being strong is a weakness or being strong is a bad thing. You just got to know when to use it. Just like you got to know when to use your vulnerability, right? Everybody doesn't get access to that right off the bat. So just make sure 
that while we're walking through life, it's okay to still be strong. I am a strong, independent woman, and I'm not going to make accounts for that. Do I still desire a man and want a man? All of that stuff is great. Yes, absolutely. But two of the same, two, two things can be true at the same time. Okay. So don't let anybody take that away from you. It is okay to be vulnerable, be codependent and interdependent, and all of that stuff, and still be independent and strong um, in whatever guards that that means to you. But I, I feel like there's this narrative. And I really feel like there's this thing of trying to make us weaker vessels. And I believe that we were given this strength for a reason and there's nothing wrong with being strong. So I just wanted to say that before we jump into today's uh, shout outs. Um, but let's go ahead to the shout outs. If this is your first time watching, go ahead and load it up and let me know where you are watching from. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Chevy Chev. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, She Amber. Rich Rising Ashley. Good morning, Nana. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Melanin Honey. Grand Rising Kiki. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Kelsey. Good morning, Diamond. Good morning, Chador. Good morning, Norma. Good morning, Turquoise. Good morning, Nichelle. Hi, watching from South Africa. What's up? Well, good afternoon or good evening, Minnie. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Sharnesia. What's it's 8 a.m. here in um, here in Atlanta, Georgia, USA. So I hope you guys are doing well. I pray that you all are reading your Bibles, that you're getting back into church. Uh, it, it is time. God is calling his people. And I understand that everybody has a different path and a different time uh, that they, they, they choose to pick up their calling. But I just really feel something going on in the world. Now, yesterday, before we dive into A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, if you want to pick up your copy, you can go, go ahead and by clicking the link below or entering the free book, giver, free book giveaway at BrittanyTheHost.com in order to uh, win your free book. But before we dive into the book, um, yesterday I talked about a chapter that I read and I wanted to kind of speak about it a little bit today. So this morning when I was doing um, my Bible study, I do a personal Bible study with myself and I do it at church and all of that. But for whatever reason, I stumbled across Isaiah, right? And yesterday, remember when I said out, there was a chapter that I read that spoke to me, um, because we were talking about, you know, being obedient, we are being obedient. Sometimes it feels like we're being punished or it doesn't feel fair, right? It doesn't feel fair sometimes as a Christian. Cause it's like, man, I'm doing all of these things. And why doesn't it feel like I think it's supposed to feel? So I was talking about how I went through the Bible and kind of had a revelation about God speaking to me. Thank you so much, Jason, about God speaking to me. So let me go back because I stumbled upon reading Isaiah this morning. I read the first, how many chapters did I get to? Uh, the first five chapters of Isaiah. And funny enough, the chapter that I read yesterday that I told y'all I couldn't find was Isaiah 51 and seven. So what was interesting to me about Isaiah one through five is, um, is God is talking to, uh, Judah and Judah is, I thought Judah was a person. <laughs> That's why we got to read our Bibles for ourselves because we hear things in church and sometimes we just go along with it. Uh, like for the longest, I didn't know Gentiles were just anything but Jewish people. So sometimes when you see words in the Bible or things that you've always heard, do a little Google search, like do a little studying on your own. That's why I always tell you guys, have your own Bible 
Don't just go off of what people tell you. Don't just go off what the preacher says. You really should spend time and dissect and, and like say, well, what does that mean? And where is that? And, and so Judah sat right under Israel, which I did not know. Right. And so God is talking to uh, well, Isaiah wrote this chapter and God is talking to the people of Judah. And basically Judah at this point in time, it says this is about 700 BC. Um, even Yeah, the chapters one through 39 were written 700 BC was before Christ. Right. And so basically at this point, Judah is running rampant like they're not honoring God. They're uh, they're praising false idols. They're just doing their own thing. They have turned their backs on God. And a lot of what I read and I really want you guys to read it if it calls you to. I really want you guys to read at least Isaiah one through five. Um, it reminded me a lot of America, which was funny enough. It was saying how, you know, they're not they're not praising God. They're doing their own thing. They're, they're running rampant. And, and the reason why I'm saying America is because I can only speak for America. I'm just keeping it a book. I, I haven't uh, I've traveled to other countries, but I haven't been indoctrinated in them to know how they really operate culturally. Right. But it just reminded me of America. And it was a lot of things that that is said about worshiping false idols and how how good is being praised as bad, like how bad is being praised as good. And remember the other day when I said it felt like we have like turned everything that was good to evil and evil to good. And I'll give you guys an example. I was going through five below uh, the other day looking for a birthday present for um, my neighbor's daughter for her birthday. It was a skate party and she she had a birthday party and I was looking for things. And remember when we talked about how they're just like taking God out of everything here in America, like everything. And I was walking through the aisles and I noticed there were spell books like books that will teach you how to cast spells and the way that they were on the shelf, they were on the shelf where kids could reach. Now it's crazy how it, you have to go to like Barnes and Noble or certain stores to find a Bible or you don't see any books about God, but you can, a kid can buy a book about spells, right? And then I was talking about one of my favorite shows and how it's so demonic and how they show a lot of demonic things and like that. So What's interesting enough is like they're taking God out of everything, but they're pushing more and more demonic and, and spirit. You can say everything about the devil and 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 worship and, and and all these things, right? That are seeping into our society, but they're removing God slowly but surely. You don't ever hear God. You don't see books. You don't see T-shirts anymore unless somebody's made them. Unless like an entrepreneurship company has made them, you don't really see a lot of God being pushed in our society. It was taken out slowly, but surely first it was the prayer in the schools. Then it's this, and then it's that. And even, um, sometimes you'll see in company policies, it'll say, you know, don't wear articles of like, don't wear crosses because you don't want to make, you know, customers upset. And I'm like, well, if a customer had on, you know, uh, a, Another article, I wouldn't be mad that they didn't have on a cross. So why would my cross offend somebody else? And it's interesting how we now have to tiptoe as Christians, right? Or we have to tiptoe by speaking the word of God. Like, well, don't say that you're going to offend somebody. So it's just interesting when I was reading Isaiah and please read it for yourself. And God is warning Judah and warning about judgment and saying how like 
I'm only going to save. He's telling them, I'm only going to save the people that are, are, are worshiping me and are doing right. The righteous will be okay. But the rest of y'all, the rest of y'all who were just running rampant, doing what you want to do, being about yourselves, um, you know, uh, having these festivals and, and y'all are giving me all these offerings, but your heart isn't right. You're not following what I told you to do. You're doing what you want to do and still calling on me. And then you mock me by saying, well, God do this for me and do this for me and do this for me. And I was just like, whoa, this really feels like what we're going through right now. This feels like America in my personal opinion. Like we have a lot of stuff that is pushed and pushed and pushed. And I've been even guilty of, of, of falling for it too. Like I'm not holier than now. You know what I mean? Um, but it's very interesting. So I, I highly recommend you guys read it. And it's God's warning of judgment. It's God's, he's basically telling Judah, I'm going to destroy you because you guys have been doing way too much. You've been in the world. Um, you're not humble. You're, 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 you're praising all these false idols. You're preaching all these things that are, that are not right and not righteous. And you basically turned everything on its head and I'm going to destroy you. So it just really, it just was really like, oh, crazy, you know, and there was a few things. Um, and I don't want to really get into it too much, but I want you guys to read it. If you, if it's called, if it calls you to read it, please open up uh, Isaiah one, at least one through five and see and see what speaks to you. Now I will read this because I said that I was going to find the article uh, or excuse me, find the chapter in the in the the book yesterday <laughs> that spoke to me. Hey, what's up, Jarrell? How are you? Good morning, May. And what it was was Isaiah fifty one and seven through through eight, right? And it says, "Listen to me, you know right from wrong, right?" He's saying to his people, like, "You know right from wrong." And this is a call to trust the Lord. It says, "You know right from wrong." You who cherish my laws in your hearts, don't be afraid of the people of people scorn. So saying, if you know God's law, if you know you are following God's law with all your heart, you have nothing to fear, right? If you know you're doing right, if you know you are answering the calls, good morning. If you know that you are not, you're doing the things you're, you're seeking after God's heart and you're doing what you feel is right. There is no need to feel, fear insults or anything of the world or not even God's wrath, because he says it's not going to come over you. He says the mouth will devour them as it devours clothing. And the, hold on, that wasn't what I was wanted to uh, read. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, it did. Okay. It says for the mouth will devour them as it devours clothing and the worm will eat at them as it eats wool, basically saying people that are not righteous. It says, but the righteous will last forever. My salvation will continue from generation to generation. Okay. So it's saying as long as we know, right, we're trying our best because we're not perfect. God doesn't want us to be perfect, but he's telling us as long as you have it in your heart that to do right and you're living right, not just wanting it. And you still in, you know, we got to really scale back. Being a Christian, being a follower of God is really all about sacrifice. Like, yeah, we may want to go do those things, but we are being convicted. And that's why I say, if you have not yet, get back in a church because what church does is hold you accountable. What's happening in the world is a lot of people are spiritual and I'm not knocking nobody's path, right? Do what you feel you, you call to do. But a lot of people don't want to be religious, so to speak. 
and and I understand why, you know, I understand why people are battling between religion and spirituality. But the thing about spirituality, it doesn't hold you accountable to anything. That's why I had to let go of, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And that's why I claim back calling myself a Christian, because if I want to follow Christ and I'm called to do certain things, I have to abide by certain rules. It just is what it is. Like if you go to somebody's house, right? If you go to buy somebody's house and they don't allow shoes in their house, if you want to go in their house, you got to take your shoes off, right? If if they pray, like remember when you were a little kid <laughs> and uh, you maybe ate dinner with somebody else at somebody else's house. And even if you didn't like it, like if you, I know I used to go over people's house, right? When I was a kid, I, I did not like these homes, but there were certain homes where you could not drink. You couldn't have anything to drink as a child until you ate all your food, which was high key torture to me. They'd be like, eat all your food and then you can have something to drink. Or I remember um, my family, my my immediate family, like my mom, when she was married, we didn't really pray at dinner. But I remember going over this kid's house and like you could not do anything without praying. And they had like this little ball and they would roll it and whatever prayer was on the thing. But if I was in somebody's house, I had to abide by their rules. Right. And so the same as being a Christian, if you if you call if, if you once you know better, you are called to do better. God will hold us accountable. Right. To the things that we know, and we don't know. And it's easy to be like, well, I don't want to be a Christian because I don't want to be held to a certain standard. And it's not about judgment. Right. I love my church because. They don't judge you, but they hold you accountable. And I don't judge anybody. But if you're my friend and you have a standard for yourself, my job as your friend is to hold you accountable and be like, Yolanda, wait, you said you wanted to do this, but you did this. I don't think that that's what you intended to do. Right. There's a way that we can hold each other accountable in love. God doesn't call us to judge and be like, I can't believe she did that. And that's why I feel like a lot of people have shunned away from Christianity because of the judgment which I understand 100%. But if we are called to Christ and to be led by Christ, we are held to different standards. We are held not to curse people out. I was in Target the other day and this guy, like, I guess they're they're remodeling. So they shut down the bathrooms and they have these porta potties that are outside and um, anybody can just walk in there and use it. Like it's outside. So homeless people can use it. No telling what's going on. And there's nothing wrong with homeless, but you get what I mean. And I don't think that they're really cleaning the toilets. And so he comes into Target and he's like, I can't believe this MFing nasty mother effing bathroom. And he's, I mean, when I say he's like loud, he's loud. It's not like he's on the phone talking and being by, I mean, he's like yelling in Target. And I'm just like, wow, we are really judged off of what we do. So if we say that we're Christians, we are hold to held to a different standard. People are going to expect us to walk around and be different. And not to say that we have to walk around and be in um, the robes and we have to be stuck up. No, but they're watching to see like, okay, you say you walking with Jesus. Do your actions match that? Are you showing your butt online? Are you cussing people out? Are you, you know, whatever you feel like that standard is or whatever you read and you are called to do, we are just held to a different standard. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to be held to that standard. So they just relax on spirituality because it's open. And how, how can you be held accountable when you're spiritual? And I understand when you have a relationship with God, that's a whole different thing because you can be really religious and follow doctrine and not be 
have a connection with God. That's two totally different things, right? So both are important in my personal opinion, but you have to figure out what you are called to do. But if you are called to be a Christian, we are held to a different standard. There's just things that we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to be in of the world. But if, if I will challenge you to do anybody that's on the fence about it, if you start stepping out of the world slowly but surely and getting deeper into um, religious text, meaning if we're Christians, our Bible, and we start separating ourselves, you'll start noticing like, oh, you know, because at first I ain't going to lie to y'all. I was all in it like, hey, you know, I believe in God. I'm spiritual, you know, whatever. And I was still in it. I was mixed in it. But when you sl- when you are called. Right. And that's why that's why people don't want to go to church and call and read the Bible, because you are called and you notice things and you're held to a different standard. You can't do what you used to do. Sometimes it is like, dang, I can't do that and I can't do that. But you start not wanting to. And when you separate yourself from it, it's like sifting. They, they say you go through a sifting when you are baking a cake and, and the flour is being sifted. You're getting all the hard particles out of it. So, and it's softer and it's different when you sift. And when you're being sifted from the world, not saying that you can't be in it and you can't still have your friends. And I, I understand everybody has their path, teach their own. But when you're being sifted and being pulled away from, you start really noticing like, oh, we ain't supposed to be doing that or, oh, that ain't right or, oh, and I appreciate the people who have told me along the way, like, hey, Britt, I, I understand what you mean, but that's not really how that's supposed to go, right? So I want us to, if you were being called, if you call yourself a Christian, right, we are called to be different. It, it just is what it is, just like the president, just like any leader. Any leader, if you are the CEO of your company, you can't be with your employees going out and doing certain. It's just you can't do it. If you are a military officer, that's why they separate us and they tell us that we cannot fraternize with lower enlisted soldiers because you are held to a different standard. If anything goes down, that's on you. And there's a level of respect that you have to maintain, just like the Queen of England. When she's the queen, when she was the queen or the king, they have to separate themselves. That's why they were so mad at Harry and Meghan. It's just like you can't be with everybody else. You have to separate yourself when you are called to leadership, when you are called to 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 lead people to Christ or whatever leadership level, whether it's your company, somebody else's company. You are held to a different standard. And it's crazy how we're okay with those standards of the world, but we're not okay with the religious standard that we are held to. So if you are called and you feel like Christianity is your birthright and what you were supposed to be doing, then you can't, you, there's certain things we just can't do. And everybody will come to them on their own accord. I'm not judging. I'm not telling you, Hey y'all, I'm not telling you that, Hey, you need to do this and you need to do. I'm just saying what I was convicted on my heart. So Rita Isaiah chapter one through five and see how God speaks to you. But when I was reading Isaiah one through five, it really felt like America, like, oh, and the things that like, I'll give you guys a perfect example. Isaiah two and eight, right? Uh, Is this two and eight? Yeah, two and eight. It says their land is full of idols. The people worship things they've made with their own hands. So now they will be humbled. Like I, I, our job, and we'll talk about this in, in a purpose-driven life, 
our job as Christians is to tell as many people about God and try to get people and win them over to Jesus as much as possible, not forcefully, but by our actions, by the things that we say, by the things that we do, because this, the purpose driven life says the more people we lead and help to, to Jesus, the better off we'll be as people, because God is going to hold us accountable. As Christians and as people of God, when you know better, you are called to do better. And if only only thing that you care about is yourself and your salvation, you're not doing the work of a Christian. You know, you're not seeking after you're not bringing you're supposed to not only bring yourself and get yourself right, but you're also supposed to tell everybody that, you know, and bring them in and not on a forceful way. Hey, come to church with me. Hey, you notice, you know, I want to pray for you like you are supposed to be a walking or we not you. We are supposed to be a walking example of, of God. And, and I've and I've I've repented. I was like, oh, Lord, anytime I had influence and I wasn't that, please forgive me. You know, please forgive me. And God knows your heart. So he knows what stage you're at like you. So you will be judged according to your knowledge. And it's just, it is what it is. We're called to a different standard. If you want a, if you want to be a CEO, if you want to be a leader in any capacity, you are held to a different standard. And as Christians, we're supposed to be leaders of the world. And not that we're better than anybody. We're just sifted and held to a different standard. So I highly recommend y'all read Isaiah 1 through 5. But always know, as long as you do right, as long as you do what you feel or you are called to do, God knows and he recognizes and you will be okay. So it's nothing to fear. We don't need to fear God's wrath. We don't need to be feared to get sent to hell and all that other stuff. No, 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 no. He's telling us in this text, you will be fine. As long as you do what you, you are called to do, you're good. You're not going to feel my wrath. You're not going to feel the things that the world is going to feel, but the world is going to feel it. And he's done it before. God ain't nobody. He ain't no punk. Like, man, God ain't no punk, y'all. Like read Isaiah. He's saying he's shown us in the Bible time and time again, when he wants to come down, he comes down. And it is our jobs as Christians to 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 tell the word and to, to lead people to him and knowing how great his love is and how great his salvation is. And it's not to make anybody scared or fearful because when you are on the you are doing right not to say that you won't be challenged but so many blessings and so much peace and so much strength comes into your life but if you don't lean on god for that strength or lean on god in that and operate man you'll just be sucked into the world and i don't care how much we think the world revolves around us or what we should be doing you're it's you're never enough i'll say that the reason why we should lean on God and why we have to lean on God is because when we're just in it for ourselves, ain't enough money. That's why they say, hey, you want this? You're going to want some more. We've seen that, right? We wanted the house. We got the house. Now we want something else. You've prayed for the woman. You've prayed for the man. You got the man. And then nah. nothing that we want to feel ourselves is ever enough. The way we become full and our cups runneth over is through God. Because when you start serving, when you start doing what you feel like God has called you to do, you start living in your purpose and you start living in your mission and you're in alignment, things just kind of just feel better. At least, at least that's my testimony. I can't speak for nobody else, but I can say for me and mine, is it a harder road? Absolutely. Too much is given, much is required. You know, leadership ain't for the weak. That's why I say don't let people turn you down and feel like your strength is for nothing. No, you were built to be strong for a reason. 
Because when you rest in the Lord, challenges come. You don't think the devil don't see you and see you trying to be right and don't dangle carrots in your face or don't make it make you feel bad that you missing out on this or you can't turn up like you used to and you can't or or you do a little bit. You slip and fall backwards. You like at first it's cool. <laughs> at first it feels good when you slip and then you're convicted because as a Christian, you can't walk around doing regular. You just can't. It's cool at first. You might be like, oh, I had a good time. And then you're convicted. And then it's like, oh, Lord, I done messed up. And a lot of people don't want to face that. And I feel like that's why everybody's so spiritual and nobody's religious because nobody wants to be held accountable. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter. Once you know better, you got to do better. So read Isaiah 1 through 5. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> We're going to get into the book. Read Isaiah 1 through 5 uh, and then read Isaiah 51 and 7, 7 through 8. And see how it speaks to you. But when I was reading Isaiah 1 through 5, child, I was like, this sound like America. This sound like what we going through right now. But yes, we always want more as human beings. So don't rely on our own strength. And that's why it says don't lean on your own understanding. We have to go seek these things. We have to go read for ourselves. We have to see and pray and fast and see how God speaks to you because everybody is different and everybody gets it at a different time. But once you know, now it's a decision because God can't make you do anything. God is not going to force you. That's the most beautiful thing about God with all his power and everything that he can do. He never overrides our free will. We are free human beings to make our own decisions. So once he, once you know, you're held accountable. So it's either you're going to get on the train or you're not. And sometimes it takes people different times in our life. That's why we're not supposed to judge each other. You know, the Britney at 25 wasn't thinking like this. Shoot, the Britney a year ago wasn't thinking like this. Okay. So I get it. You know, everybody comes at there. So we're not here to judge each other. Or to be like, see, that's why you need to get in church because no, 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 no. We're supposed to just tell people how good God is and what he's doing in our lives and how we should like, hey, come and enjoy service with me or send each other videos. That's why I share videos on my on my page and everything. It's not to judge or anything. It's just we're supposed we're called to tell people about God, to honor God in that way and to make sure that we're on a, on our mission. And our missions as Christians is to call and help people to Christ, because if not, we're going to be held accountable for the things that we do not do. And remember, I don't want to get up to the Lord and him look at me with his spiritual iPad over them spiritual glasses and be like, Brittany, what, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? I gave you all these gifts. I gave you the gift of beauty, the gift of speech, the gift of not being fearful in front of a crowd. What did you do with that? I gave you the gift of the Internet. I gave you the gift of. Of, of opportunity and exposure. And I gave you the gift of monetary things. I gave you all of these, these wonderful gifts that all of these people were praying for. What did you do with it? And remember, if we don't use our gifts, remember we learned God will give them to somebody else who was willing because somebody is praying for exactly what you have. So don't overlook your gifts. Don't over, don't think, oh, because I live in Massachusetts or I live in Cleveland or I just live, or I only got five friends that it don't matter. You could be the minister. You can your ministry can be in your home. Your ministry can be with your friends. Your ministry can be with. And don't think because you you're changing or you decide not to do things that every all your friends won't get it. I heard Sarah Jakes say this or Sarah Jakes Roberts, Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts say this the other day. And she was like, all of us don't got horrible friends that won't get it. You know, everybody will not leave you when you decide to change your life. The real people and most of people got 
friends of God. They might not be at the space you're at, but they everybody gets it. For the most part, if you surround yourself by like-minded people, if you're listening to this, you got friends, they get it. Everybody is not going to leave you. Everybody's not going to be like, what's different with you? They're going to be like, oh, wow. And maybe you're going to inspire your friends or maybe the things that God is going to change in your life. People are going to be like, wow, I need some of that too. What, what's, what's Norma doing? What's Marjorie doing? What's May doing? I need some of that. That, that look good. Let me go find out. Let me go to that church. You know what I mean? So be a walking vessel. Be, be an example. We are called to be examples. Is it fun that we can't go off at the mouth? No, because you're convicted. You are convicted as a child of God and as a Christian. You are convicted sometimes to keep your mouth shut, to not cuss that person out, to be patient and let that person go in front of you. Kindness, acts of kindness. You know, I was leaving the gym yesterday. And uh, in, in, in the in the space I was working out in was all jacked up and raggedy and something came over me and said, dude, how about you do a nice thing and just clean this space up? No, you didn't mess it up. No, you didn't use that part of the mat or, or put these dumbbells in the wrong place. But you are a child of God. And maybe when somebody sees you being nice and doing more than just the bare minimum, that they'll treat something with respect and they'll do it. Or maybe the people that work here will appreciate it or maybe not. Maybe nobody will see, but you've done a good deed and you've done the right thing. So I was convicted to clean up the space. And I'm not saying this to get no praise from nobody. I'm just letting y'all know, like when you walk in God and when you're called to be a Christian, you're held to a different standard and God will whisper something, whisper to you. Hey, how about you just do a little bit more? Just do, do a good deed for the day. Be nice. Hold that door. Open that. Smile at that person. Be kind and be courteous. And honestly, y'all, it feels so good. It really does. When you do right, when you walk right, when you do extra for people, when you have a little bit more patience, when you shine kindness and light into the world, it really does feel better than just being all about yourself and what you can get and what you can do and how much money this and how much that. And not to say you ain't supposed to have no money now. God ain't made us to be no broke people. Christians ain't supposed to be broke. So I ain't saying that. But what I'm saying is <laughs> what I'm saying is um, when you really do walk and your heart is full and you're trying to be the best that you can be. Woo, it feels so much better. It really does, y'all. So I hope that helped. Um, we're going to get into the book. I'm sorry for delaying it a little bit. But it has everything to do with what we're talking about. It says we were made for a mission in the same way you gave a mission in the world. I give a mission in the world. I give the mission in the mission in the world, John 17 and 18. And it says the most, most important thing is that I compete. I complete my mission, the work that the Lord, uh, the work that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me. It says you were made for a mission. God is at work in the world and he wants you to join him. The, this assignment is called your mission. God wants you to have both mission ministry in the body of Christ, meaning church. He wants us to volunteer. He wants us to show up. He wants us to be in the church. But, but, um, okay, it says <laughs> both a ministry in the body of Christ, that means, and a mission in the world. He wants you to have a ministry and a mission. So remember what we talked about your ministry in the church. Maybe you lead children's church or you will usher. That ain't got nothing to do with what's in the world because we're not called to just be uh, uh, Christians and only be with Christians. We're not called to be like, well, 
Norma's my only Christian friend, so I'm only going to talk to Norma. And we, me and just Norma just going to hang out and we going to be in a bubble and we're not going to talk to nobody. No, we are called to have a mission in the world. It says your ministry is your service to believers, right? How we help each other in the church and how we help each other, the believers. And then, and your mission is your service to unbelievers. Everybody ain't going to believe and everybody ain't going to be there at the same time. And that's okay. But that's what your mission is. It says fulfilling your mission in the world is God's fifth purpose in your life. Because this chapter, so we went outside of service, right? Now we're in the, the chapter purpose number five for our lives was your mission to make. So let's recap of all the the, uh, the purposes that we've already read through um, in a purpose-driven life. Because it says that we have five purposes, right? So the first purpose is to find out on earth what you're made for. And then it says you were planned for God's pleasure. That's purpose. Oh, wait, that's purpose number one. You were planned for God's pleasure, which is purpose number one. Purpose number two is you were formed uh, for the God's family. And then it says you were created to become like Christ. What we just talked about, right? That's purpose number three. Purpose number four was you were uh, shaped for serving God. Remember, we spent all the last two weeks talking about service. Now we're talking about our mission. And what's coming up is made for a mission, sharing your life's mission, becoming a world-class Christian, balancing your life and living with purpose. All right. So now we're we're coming into we didn't already served. We already didn't, we already went through all those other purposes. Now we're on purpose number five. Um, your life mission is both shared and specific. One part of it is the responsibility you share with every other Christian. And the other part is an assignment that is unique to you. So one that you share with every other Christian, maybe that's your church. Maybe you're supposed to fellowship with a unique body, right? That's you. That's But your assignment is unique to you. It says we will uh, look at both parts of the chapters ahead. It says the English word mission comes from the Latin word sending. So when your mission is to be sent. It says being a Christian includes being sent into the world as a representative of Jesus Christ. Remember, we just talked about that. When we all walk around the world, we are representing Jesus Christ. We are covered in the blood. We are representing Jesus. How you talk, how you walk, how you carry yourself should be, you should be okay with being judged. But nobody wants to be judged, right? You, if you are walking how you feel you're supposed to be walking as a representative of Jesus Christ, which you should be judged. Oh, cool. Okay. She walking right. She dressing right. She talking right. He is walking right, dressing right, talking right. We can't be like we Christians on, on Sunday. And I'm guilty of this, y'all. I'm not better than nobody. And I have to work on myself, right? Can't be Christians on Sunday and then turn around Wednesday. We doing whatever we want to do. We are representative of Jesus Christ. It says, as a father has sent me, I'm sending you. It says, Jesus clearly understood his life's mission on earth. At age 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. So at 12 years old, Jesus knew. And which what's interesting about that age is I was around nine or, or 10 when I was saved. Good morning. That's why I say get those children into church, y'all. If you have children and you are a Christian, please, please, please find a good church home and make sure your kids are getting those seeds young. Because when you get your seeds young, the Bible says if you raise them, even if they stray, they will come back. So you need to plant those seeds into those children now 
before it's too late. And not to say that it's ever too late because you never know when God is going to call you or when Christ is going to fall upon somebody. But I feel like it's a lot easier as an adult to come back when you have that foundation. But if you have never seen it, never heard it, you don't know what's going on. Shoot, somebody might step in our church who ain't never been to a Pentecostal Baptist church or whatever and be like, what is going on here? Because they don't understand the Holy Spirit. They don't understand praise and worship. They might not understand what's moving in the space or why we shouting out to the preacher or why we doing this, especially if they come from a different background, right? And that's okay. But what I'm saying is it is your, it is our business to put these children into churches. And I used to go to church with my grandmother and get those seeds planted in them. Okay. It says Jesus clearly understood his mission when he was at the age of 12, 12 kids, get it. Kids get it. Even if they don't do it hundred percent, it, those seeds are being planted. So when they become adults, then they can turn around and be like, oh, I know my Bible. I know a couple of verses. I remember that song. You know, I still rock uh, Kirk Franklin in the family. I miss Kirk in the family. I don't know where the family went. But I still listen to that album. And that album was was I listened to it when I was a little girl. Some of y'all got y'all y'all favorite songs from the church. It was from when you were kids. You know, so it is important that we get kids in the church because it says at the age of 12, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business in 12. And at 21 years later, dying on the cross, he said, I am finished. It says like, uh, oh, excuse me, Jesus completed his mission and that the father gave him the mission of Jesus had a while on the earth is now on our mission. So Jesus had a mission. Now it's our mission. It says, because we are the body of Christ. When we take our communion on the first, the first Sunday, that's what we're ingesting. We are part of the body of Christ. He says, what, what he did is a, in his physical body, we are continue to do as his spiritual body, the church. We have to continue Jesus's mission. It says, what is the, what is that mission? Introducing people to God. Should not people should not know you and don't know you're you're a follower. People should not know you are their friend and don't know you love God. Because when you're in it, you can't help but to talk about it. When somebody comes to you with a problem, you can't help but to minister to them and and to and give them, and not to say that you nagging about it, but you like when you start reading scripture, just comes out your mouth. You know, when you my pastor said this too. When you know God and you spend time with God and you read your Bible, when people come to you with stuff, I'm I'm a pray for you because, you know, let me pray for you or 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 you get you just it just it just flows out of you. So we shouldn't be walking around and only you know that you're a Christian or know that you're a child of God. It says the Bible says Christ Christ changes us uh from enemies into uh Christ changes changed us from enemies into friends and gave us a task of making other friends, others, his friends. Also, it says God wants us to redeem human beings from Satan and reconcile them to him so that we can fulfill the five purposes he created us for. And that's to love him, be a part of his family and become like become like him to serve him and to tell others about him. We, it is our job, y'all. We have been promoted. Hello. Hello, somebody. My military folks, right? 
or my people that are married to military people or understand when you're a private, you're expected to do private things. As you go up in the ranks, so does your standards, your mission, and everybody below is looking up to you as the example. Like that's why a lot of us, uh, a lot of leaders fail because they're not there. They don't want, they don't want to be charged with the duty. I was watching the crown. That's why I really like that, that show too. I know we talked about this after the passing of uh, the late queen Elizabeth, but one thing that they would always reiterate in that show to her as the queen is, although you may not like this, although this isn't really what you want, you have to stay in line with what is in front of you because you have a standard to uphold. If you start, you know, uh, you know, messing with the standard a little bit here and there, things start to snowball. It was one time in the show where um, they have private secretaries, basically like an assistant. And the assistant that served her father, the king, died. Or it was ready. Oh, he didn't die. Excuse me. He was ready to retire. And there were two people up for the for the role. There was this guy named Michael and then there this guy named um, Martin or whatever. I don't remember. I think it was Martin and her and Martin were that was her assistant when she was a princess. So Martin came second. Michael was next, but she wanted Martin to be her to be her assistant because she said, hey, I know Martin. I like Martin. I want Martin. And the guy that was on his way out said, ma'am. If you start tweetering and tweaking and putting individualism into the crown, it's going to be a snowball effect because I saw it with your uncle and her uncle gave up his crown and abdicated his throne, which means he foregoed his responsibility to the kingdom for his own selfish reasons. He didn't deny himself. He was like, hey, I love this woman. I want to be with this woman. I know it's against everything that I, I stand for and that I was born into, but I got to let that go because this is what I want. Now, whether that was right or wrong for them, is it was wrong for them, but I don't know. That's between him and God. But what he was saying is when you start tweaking the little things, it just becomes a snowball effect, right? So it says God wants us to redeem human beings as Satan reconciles them uh, to himself so that we fulfill the five purposes he created, created us for. It says once we are his, God uses us to reach others. He saves us, then sends us out. So it's not good enough that you're saved and you're good and you read your Bible and you go to church and hallelujah for you. That ain't enough. That ain't enough. We got to keep going. Yes, y'all. Too much is given. Much is required. Some of y'all like Jesus. I just got here. I got to I just got it. And now I got to. That's what we are called to do. Unfortunately, too much is given. Much is required. Y'all. We can't escape. You can't escape it. But what's so beautiful is when you start seeing. And I'll tell you guys this from my personal experience. When you guys tell me how your lives are, are starting to slowly change and how you guys have been doing certain things and doing certain things all just because maybe a little seed that was planted on the morning motivation. And then, and it's not because of me because y'all doing the work, but that makes me feel so good. It makes me feel like, oh, Brittany, you're on mission. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're, you're, in, you're in alignment because it's not about the masses. As y'all see, we never have more than like 45 people on morning motivation at a time. This would have discouraged some folks a long time ago when they would have stopped. And there was times where it discouraged me a little bit. But the more I continue to be obedient, because y'all tell y'all like this, and I know we don't got that much time um, and we're almost done. We got about 10 minutes. 
um, when I first started morning motivation, I had no idea I was going to be talking about God and reading the Bible and doing all of this. I got an inkling from God that said, I need you to do this every day for a year. And I tell y'all this story all the time. And I was like, Lord, every day I got to wake up every, every day. Eight. And mind y'all, when I started this, I did not, I was working for myself. So I could wake up when I wanted to wake up, do what I wanted to do. God was like, no top of the year, January 4th, Monday through Friday. I need you to wake up and do this every day. And I was like, okay, well, sure. If you say so, because sometimes when God call you, it ain't what you want to hear all the time. That's the funny thing, how God works. It's not what you want all the time, right? It don't sound cute. It don't sound fun. And sometimes you don't see any reward. Y'all, I lost, I just started, I started seeing my subscribers go down like this. Soon as I started doing morning motivation, going down, right? And I'm like, God, are you sure? Because you said if there was fruit, you know, if, if the fruit, the, the, the tree ain't bearing fruit, then, then, and I was like, I'm getting farther away from my goal. When my goal was to reach a hundred thousand subscribers, I was at 97. And I was like, my goal is not, I'm, I'm getting farther away from my goal. He said, keep going. He said, what I say? I was like, okay, a year. This ain't, this ain't looking like I needed to look, but you said a year. So I'm going to just be, I'm just going to be obedient. And what I'm so happy I did because what it started doing is he started working off that. I'm thinking I'm giving, I'm doing it for y'all. I'm thinking I'm showing up and doing for you. He was working on me the whole time and I had no clue y'all. I had no clue that morning motivation was for me, was for me to pick up this book and get closer to God. And now I read my Bible more. Now I'm in church. Now I talk to you guys, but that wasn't for, I thought it was for people. I thought I was doing that to help somebody. And I, although I appreciate the people that I helped along the way, he was changing me. Ooh, God works in mysterious ways. Thank you, Yolanda, for the super chat. I really appreciate that. God was working on me the whole time and I had no clue. I had no clue. And sometimes God will work on you slowly, but surely every single day. Stay faithful, stay consistent. Whatever he is calling you to do, stay in it. I know it is not the, the prettiest. I know it can be annoying. I know you don't want to do it all the time, but there's something that's, I think that that's very beautiful about inconveniencing yourself for God and showing that sacrifice and, and being obedient to what he tells you to do because you reap the fruit. The fruit is me. The fruit is y'all. The fruit is y'all. I have the best freaking family, internet family that I know. I know people that got hundreds and thousands of subscribers, but none of them talk about God and change our lives. And some of y'all DM me and I've talked to some of y'all personally and we fellowship together and, and, and we've, I've, we've helped each other. Like I had no idea I was going to meet some of y'all and some of y'all were going to be like my family or I was going to be in, in, in spaces with some of y'all and see how great God is and see how he works. I'd rather keep it this small than to have a hundred thousand people that just show up and, and take whatever they want. Or I'm just entertainment and they go. And there's nothing there, but entertainment. There's no fruit. There's no downloading. There's no life changing anything. They go away feeling more bad about themselves because they don't have this, or they're not doing this, or they can't have this kind of. So I'm grateful and I'm thankful and thank you, God. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? But I had no idea he was changing me the whole time. I thought I was doing something. whole time. I thought I was doing something special. And all the while he was changing me and getting me closer to him. 
but I couldn't have done that through obedience. So if God calls you or is calling you to do anything in your life, big, or you might think it's so small, just follow it and be obedient because you never know what blessings come out of that. And even if God didn't give me nothing else, if I drive the same car or if I drive, live in the same house forever, the fact that I have a better relationship with God, the fact that I'm able to speak to y'all the way I do, the fact that I'm able to read and God is changing me from the inside is, is really enough. I know he's a God of abundance. So I know I'm going to, I know more is going to come, but I am so thankful at this time in my life and I cherish it. I sat my books down this morning before I got on and I was like, I'm so thankful for this part. Cause I don't know where this is going. I don't know if it's going to stay like this or it's going to grow. I don't know, but I'm so thankful for you all. I'm so thankful for where, where God has placed us right now at this very time. I'm happy for all 36 of y'all that are watching live and the, and the few hundred that come after and the people that listen to the podcast. Very appreciative. But God has been changing me. And I am a true testament that if you just stay faithful, stay praying, stay in your word, God will remove things, change you from the inside out. And it's a beautiful experience. It's not an easy one. I won't sit up here and, 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 and act like it's been, oh, rainbows and sunshine. Oh, y'all know it has not. <laughs> For those of you on my Patreon, y'all know it has not been easy. I've had to let go of certain things. I've had to deny myself. I've had to make sacrifices. But the more God changes your heart from the inside out, the more those sacrifices, nothing is is, is greater than the love that God has given you and the, and, the, and the grace he gives you and the anointing that he gives you when you're obedient and when you sacrifice and when you do what, you, what you're called and what you feel like you are called to do. And we are called to be, as the body of Christ, we are called to bring cl people closer to Jesus and to talk about God and to be walking examples and represent representatives of Jesus Christ. And what an honor that is. What an honor that you have been born. A lot of us have been born into this life, into this grace. You know, we could be lost. A lot of us, thank God our grandmamas dragged us to church when we was kids and we didn't want to go. And thank God grandma made you sing in the choir. And thank God. You know, your mama did this and your daddy did this and you didn't understand. Now it's time for us to pay it forward. Because who are we to get all of that grace, love and mercy? And we do not pour into the world and we do not return the favor and pass it on. You know, you were dragged to church. Why you ain't dragging your children to church? Because you ain't want to go as a kid. Kids don't want to do a whole lot of stuff that we have to, that they had to do. We ain't want to clean our rooms. We ain't even want to wash half the time being little kids. So it's not about what they want to do and making them comfortable and giving them a better life. It's about bringing them and getting them closer to God so that, you know, when they get up and they start acting out and they start being in the world, you know, you did your job as their foundation that they're going to come back and they're going to be just fine because you've already planted those seeds and you made sure that they were covered. They, you made sure they knew who Jesus was. You made sure they knew how to read their Bible and, and what was what and where you could find what. And you gave them their first Bible and you and you told them a physical one, not just the app. But you get I still got the very first Bible my grandmother gave me. So it's your job. You are responsible. You are called. OK, much too much is given, much is required. Too much is given, much is required. OK, let me go ahead and read some of the comments and then we're going to get out of here for the day. Um, Brandy says, yes, God works in mysterious ways. Thank you, Brandy. Yolanda says, no, ma'am, you're in the right place. 
you won't be for everyone, but the people who, who, uh, who the world is meant for will be everything every morning, be here every morning. Absolutely. And I'm so blessed and thankful for y'all. I'm good. Okay. I am good with y'all. I love y'all. If God blesses me with more great, but I don't get, I don't get, uh, fulfillment from that. I get fulfillment from doing everything I'm supposed to do. So thank you, Yolanda. I appreciate that. And thank you for the super chat. But my thought, I appreciate it. And thank you, Venetia. And Marjorie says, I was going to say that God is working on you. He wanted you to trust him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You're doing a great, you're doing great and bringing people together. I appreciate that. Thank you, Marjorie. Um, but yes, and I want you all to go out there and continue to do good work and what God calls you and tells you to do. Okay. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys got something out of this today. Um, please share this video, like this video for anybody who may need it. Do not forget to enter to win your free book, uh, uh, purpose driven life. We have a mission you guys. And if you are called, please read Isaiah one through five and see how that speaks to you in your life. And then read Isaiah five, uh, five, oh, excuse me, Isaiah 51, seven, through eight. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a beautiful and blessed day and I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Bye y'all. Wait, got one more comment. Thank you, Brandy. You guys have a good day. Love you too. She Amber, you guys have a beautiful one. Bye y'all.